You're listening to Doing Law Differently. Join me, Lucy Dickens, as I explore how the world's most progressive legal service providers are doing law differently. Welcome back. You're listening to the Doing Law Differently podcast and I am your host, Lucy Dickens. If you're new to the podcast, I share behind the scenes insights from some of Australia's most forward thinking lawyers to really discover the practicalities of how it is that they are doing law differently. Today, I'm joined by Riz McDonald, Director of Found Legal, and whose business has just celebrated its one-year anniversary and has well and truly exceeded all of Riz's expectations within that short period of time. Riz went from feeling like a square peg in a round hole in traditional law to well and truly finding her passion and love with Found and really running a successful business operation. Found is all about making all of the boring, scary, overwhelming legal stuff accessible and affordable to entrepreneurs, creatives and designers so that they can have the best shot possible of creating a legal, lucrative business that they can share with the world. How is that for a well thought through value proposition? I think it's pretty cool. Riz and I talk about so many aspects of her business in this podcast. We talk about her pricing, how she offers fixed value and subscription bundles and how all of those operate differently, the response she's had from her clients and the results that she's seen in her business. We talk about her selling templates, we talk about social media marketing and her brand. And if you haven't come across Found before, this is one, Found is a firm who I would definitely recommend that you check out both their website and their Instagram page for some inspiration. Found Legal, the links will be in the show notes, but it's found with two Ds at the end. So type them in Google, look them up on Instagram and check out the visual branding because it's brilliant. And Riz and I talk quite a lot about that in this interview. So you'll enjoy having a look at it and knowing what it is that we're talking about at the same time. I really enjoyed talking to Riz. I love what she has set up with Found Legal. I love her mindset and her approach to not just helping her clients with the legal issues, but helping them with their business and really helping to try and understand the bigger picture and work out what support she can give her clients there. And I guess the thing that makes it best of all is that you can hear just how much she's tied this business in with her passion. You can hear how much she loves what she does in the interview. And I just think that that is so, so important with the work that we do. Okay, enjoy the interview. Here is Riz McDonald of Found Legal on the Doing Law Differently podcast. Riz, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Lucy, for having me. You're very welcome. I am a big fan of your business, or at least from what I know about it on the outside. I'm looking forward to learning more about the behind the scenes. And I mentioned to you just before that I first discovered you because I see your advertising on Facebook and Instagram, I think. So I must be in your target market because your ads follow me around. So one of the things I definitely want to talk to you about is your marketing, because I think that's really, really interesting. But before I do that, let's just start with a bit of a broader introduction. Tell us about your business. What do you do? So I don't want to say I do law because I don't. I don't just do law. I do business as well. When I started Find, it was because I wanted to support other businesses. They're small businesses, but then they need to think big. And I wanted to teach them to think big. I also wanted to provide services that um, were not too expensive either. And so I wanted to um, provide a fixed fee type structure. 
But more than that, I wanted to provide a service that was a combination of practical support and uh, strategic advice combined with the legal elements. And I've taken that approach with every consult I have and every client I have. We talk not just about what they need from a legal perspective, but how they run their business. What do they do? What are their systems and processes? And sometimes, you know, after conversation with me, they change and adapt their systems and processes to become more efficient, which I love. And I love uh, the fact that I'm combining um, my business knowledge and experience and skills together with the legal, which makes it a lot more fun to work rather mm-hmm. than just um, drafting uh, documents. Yeah, it's definitely more fun when you get to have a more of a variety, isn't it? Yes. What do you think led you down this path I mean your your website and your business looks nothing like a traditional law firm business and obviously you don't intend it to so that's well and truly meant as a compliment by the way (laughs) just to be clear so what's inspired it so a couple of things one is I was never a traditional corporate lawyer and always felt like a square peg in a round hole Mm. so I told sometimes that was too informal I never seemed to quite fit into the mold of what a corporate lawyer should be and I was always looking at other aspects of a problem rather than just the legal aspects and get involved in the business aspects. And I loved that. I loved working with people in that way. I also noticed a gap in the market where creatives and small businesses uh, of a creative nature were not did not have access to the legal services that I started with Find, where the affordable fixed fee and the whole branding and everything appeals to my creative audience. And that was intentional as well. I wanted to run the business as a business, not as a law firm. Mm -hmm. And um, and that was also super, super important to me. And I've previously run an e-commerce business as well as a side hustle. When I was pregnant with my first child, Gabriel, I um, bought a book on cupcakes And that was a bit of a lesson learned because I never opened that book, but I've kept it as a reminder to follow your passions and not what you think (laughs) you should do in your spare time or alleged Uh, spare time. So you thought you would be baking and you realized that, no. Yeah, I'm a terrible baker. Absolutely (laughs) terrible. So when I was pregnant with Ella, um, my husband had a salon and I said to him, why don't you have an online presence? And he says, well, I don't know. And I don't have time. I said, can I do that for you? And he's like, sure and so that's where my business e-commerce journey started and um and it just took me from there all of that experience all of that knowledge has and the lessons I learned from that I made so many mistakes and I don't look upon them as mistakes now in you know at the time they felt like so many big mistakes but now I look upon them as these amazing lessons that I've Mm. incorporated into find so everything I do in find is based in lack a large part on those lessons learned, if, if you like. And those have driven me combined with that passion and that, that love for helping people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see all that in, well, even just on your website. I mean, to me, your website does look like it's more of an e-commerce website or a creative or a coach, you know, and the way that you offer and provide your services is in the same way that those people do, which I think is very clever because obviously they are used to that way of doing business and you're matching them, you're meeting them where they're at, as opposed to offering some barrier or requiring them to come in for a consultation or pay you in six minute blocks, all those kinds of things. You've obviously been very intentional about designing your business to look like 
the people who you are helping. Absolutely. One of the main topics of conversation when we have a consult, I love your website. I love your Insta feed. I love, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, they love all of that. They love the fact that what I have is approachable as well. It's not overwhelming or confusing. And that was intentional as well. So my blog articles that I have and the podcast that I do, I don't focus on what section of the act they need to, you know, be considering. Mm -hmm. They don't care. Mm -hmm. They just want to know how can they fix a problem or how can they prevent? And so for me, everything I do is also not about fixing something per se. It's more about preventing it from happening in the first place, which is why I like to know about their systems and processes. Because I always say to them, look, your contracts, your legal should never be treated as a band-aid. It should be a safety net. Mm -hmm. You should look at your systems and processes and make sure all of that marries up together. So I have these Mm -hmm. conversations with all my clients, even those who don't become my clients and they come back later on and admit they should have listened to me and (laughs) and then I'm helping them out. And you can say, I told you so, but you wouldn't. (laughs) Yes, no, no, definitely not. (laughs) One of the things that ties into that, I know I mentioned marketing, we'll come to that in a minute, but one of the things that ties into that is pricing and I've touched on that already. So you offer a mix, from what I can tell, of fixed or menu pricing and subscription pricing. How does that work in your business? Basically, when I have the consult with them, I also get them to fill in a questionnaire once they're ready to take the next step as well. And that informs me as to what kind of work there's involved and as to the complication of it, how complicated is it, how simple is it. And I price accordingly. I don't like to, you know, charge them you know, stick my finger up in the air and, and decide, you know, that's the price I should charge. So it's kind of well thought out in terms of, and even more so now than at the beginning, there's been a lot of experience going through the processes and I fine tune those processes. So I basically have that conversation. I want to understand their business, how it works, etc., what exactly that they're doing and how they're doing it. So I can then ascertain from uh, the, that information as to how much work I need to then do and how much that should then cost. Mm -hmm. So you have a mix then of predetermined menu pricing, which is, I guess, for the templates and the things that you've got advertised on your website. And then if something falls outside of that scope, then you're doing a value pricing exercise. Correct. Yeah. And what about your subscriptions? I know you've got information on your website. And if anyone listening is interested in subscriptions, I'd recommend having a look. I'll link to it in the the show notes. But explain how this works. So... Initially, I have to say, I didn't market it very hard. So in the first six months, it was crickets, I have to say. And equally, I was worried that it would be very popular. And uh, surprisingly, the first six months, it wasn't. But I'm used to the kind of work that I've in each of those subscriptions. So I knew how much effort and time, et cetera, was involved in it. And I knew that there would be some clients who would be more demanding, say, than others. And I was happy to offset that if that makes sense and for me it was more around having clients who came to me and we worked together and I helped and stepped with them and across their journey so Mm. it wasn't a one job and go away it was an ongoing uh, journey as well with find and with me so when I went through mapping out what the subscription should contain it was all the things that I know those businesses should have in place for each step of the way as well. So it was a combination of things. I was trying to think of the practical things they should have, not just the legal things. Mm -hmm. 
and then structure in a way that could then become affordable for them. Yeah. So is that what drove this for you? Is I see that businesses need these legal or strategic or business services Absolutely. and they're not getting them. So how can I make it accessible? Is that Was that yes. the question? Essentially, yes. And yeah. I mapped it out so that I thought, well, if you're at this point of the journey, these are the kind of things you should really have in place. And if you're at this end of the journey, then you should really be thinking about these other things. So how can I best price that and offer these options so that it becomes affordable, not too scary. And you've got somebody at the end of the phone if you need as well. Mm. So now that you have started marketing the subscriptions, what kind of response have you had? So I've had actually a really good response. A lot of the clients that I am having sign up are at that second year of their business, shall we say. And they're coming forward and they're liking the idea and they're enjoying the fact that they can get hold of me and booking time with me without worrying that it's the clock is ticking, Mm. shall we say. And it's also the one thing that, that I'm hearing a lot is I've helped stop them from making mistakes as well, that they've been able to be more proactive and mm-hmm. be confident in the decisions that they make yeah. because they've come to me first before they've made the mistake rather than the other way around. Yeah, because that's what you've taught awesome. them to do, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So then I guess also, though, they would perceive more value in your service because they can see how you've prevented the problem as opposed yes. to you coming in and fixing it all up. Correct. And so my whole philosophy is the prevention, not the cure. Yeah. I'm so excited to share that my new book, It's Time to Do Law Differently, will be published in October 2020. I am so excited to publish this book, which shares a really simple six-step roadmap to help you reshape your law firm and reclaim your life. Be your first to get your hands on a copy by registering now at lucydickens.com.au forward slash book, and you'll be the first to know when the book is available for sale. And what about from your perspective? So now that you've had the chance to, I guess, test these out and see how much time is involved from your perspective and what the kind of the demand is like, how often your clients are wanting to meet with you on these unlimited consultation calls, what's it like from your end? Is it a profitable business model for you? Yes, it is. I have a small team now. It's a mixture of um, contractors and employees as well. So in actual fact, my non-legal part of my team is bigger than my legal part, Mm -hmm. which I love. And because we have the right systems and processes in place, and I'm always fine-tuning them, by the way, and I try to make sure I don't get distracted by the next shiny new toy, Um, but we do have some good systems and processes in place. I do review and revisit them if I feel that there needs to be some tweaking done and that makes us efficient as well. So it's not just the human element. The human element is important for the clients, but for me and my team to be able to do an exceptional job, not just a a job, is important to have those systems and processes in place so we don't feel too overwhelmed either. So, um, So that's been important as well. So having the right people in place, doing the right things that I need, to happen yeah. and having the right systems and processes. So I have to practice what I preach, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big fan of systems and processes as well. And I agree. I think when you've got this system 
and you put the right people in the right places and that you give them control of the right systems, you can really streamline the work and you can you can achieve some pretty cool things. But often we talk about systems and processes as kind of like this general, you know, we all need to have good systems. But for people listening who might not have really thought about systems and processes, can you give us an example of one or two? Absolutely. So I don't use email amongst the team. We use Slack mm-hmm. because oh my goodness, if we were to use email, there would be thousands of emails in our Mm -hmm. inboxes and it's totally impractical. Mm -hmm. So we use Slack for instant communication, quick questions. I was using Asana, but I've moved to ClickUp and I love it. We use ClickUp for workflows, um, tasks, et cetera, as well. I haven't heard of that before, ClickUp. I love it. You'll love it. I'm pretty (laughs) confident you would. Yeah. So we use that as well. We use automation wherever we can. I use a CRM called Dubsado or Dubsado. I never know how to pronounce it. Mm -hmm. And essentially, look, even with systems, though, they're only as good as the processes you input into them. So I've sat down um, and I've then once I've had a team, I've sat down with a team and we've mapped out what a client journey should look like. We've mapped out what a workflow should look like for them. So once we've done all of that, we've then been able to create the processes and input that into the systems to get them to work. Um, So that's what's made things efficient. So definitely Slack for communication amongst the Mm. team to reduce the overwhelm with email because it's unnecessary. Having a a sort of project management, shall we say, with ClickUp and and, Mm -hmm. and making sure, because I can see at a glance where the jobs are at. what stage they're at, if anyone's got too much on, should I move it around and where my goals and targets are sitting and what I need to do to get there if they're not where they should be. So those are the kind of things I do with my systems and processes. So you're essentially using ClickUp as a practice management software? Yes, I didn't like any of the traditional practice management software. I find them a bit clunky and dare I say boring. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, no, there are a lot of people who haven't found what they're looking for in the legal practice management software and who go, you know, looking elsewhere to find something that that suits their needs. I'm interested to explore ClickUp. Like I said, I haven't heard of it before, so I'll be checking it out. Okay, so marketing then, that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about, because like I said, I must be in your target market because I always see your ads and not many law firms are advertising on social media. So tell us about your journey with social media and how you're using it now. Well, I recently started doing reels. That was fun. And my ah. do- one of my dogs, Reggie, had a guest appearance in one of them <laughs> as well. I felt a little awkward with the first one. It was terrible. The second one was a lot more improved. I don't know if that was Reggie or me, but it was a lot more improved. With the marketing, again, I took the approach of being like any other business, yeah. not like a law firm. And I already knew who my ideal clients were and I knew where they lived most of the time. And that's why I targeted. So Instagram and Facebook, especially Instagram for me. And um, when I ran the e-commerce business, I knew the importance of having Google Analytics and a Facebook pixel installed before I had visitors on my website. So I made sure I did the same with Find. So when somebody comes to my website, they will be retargeted with Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. They will follow them around everywhere until they buy Mm -hmm. something from me. (laughs) Um, So with Instagram and with um, uh, Facebook, the intent was to educate people. So that whole philosophy around being proactive and encouraging people to be proactive. So when I am on Instagram, I don't sell 
to no. people as such. I share value. I share my knowledge freely. And I love it. I love the fact that then people come in and ask me questions because I love helping them. I love answering those questions. So the things that I talk about on my podcast and the things that I post on my Instagram are a combination of practical things, things about mindset, which I think is super, super important as well. And also things about subjects rather that I know they would be interested in, or at least they should be aware of, Mm -hmm. you know, um, about privacy, but in a way that they can digest about Mm -hmm. the Spam Act without talking about the sections of the Spam Act, you know, (laughs) getting the point across to them and educating them to make sure they are on the right side of the law and that they are growing their email list, you know, the right way. So your approach here, again, is not like traditional law I mean you and I spoke before we hit record about lawyers not having a tendency to be generous with their information and it's more about I if I I know this how can I arrange it so that you pay me to share my knowledge with you and obviously you and a lot of the other people I speak to on this podcast are taking the complete opposite approach so what kind of results have you had from that I mean you say you've got you're building a community people are engaging asking you questions yeah so basically I get a lot of uh, clients through DMs as well. Mm-hmm. And they find me through um, my Insta profile. They love my Insta profile is one of the first things they mention. And then they get into the nitty gritty of what they want to talk about. And I send, they get sent a link to book in a consult with me. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of clients that way. They get to know me. They yeah. get to know what I'm talking about. And then they know that that's the person when they have a particular question, they know to come to me when they have that question to be asked and so I've built up trust with them yeah you know and as a consequence essentially yeah so I get a lot of dms Mm -hmm. and a lot of visits to my website as well and it's slowly grown and mushroomed over time and also one thing I wanted to add to all of that is I've been consistent I've turned up and I've not strayed from my approach or my messages that I'm trying to share so that's been an important element as well into that Mm -hmm. marketing and I think one or two other things I would like to add to that is knowing your client Mm -hmm. that was important and understanding my own what was my niche for me those things as well but those are the things that a lot of businesses do think about but not always a lot of law firms yeah and not always at the right time often it's sort of an afterthought and it's okay so we've created this service so now what do we do about the marketing to meet the people that we need but they need to flip it on its head right and have the have yes. the, the people need to come first yeah do you manage your social media yourself or do you have someone else doing that 50-50 I don't post to it I have to admit I don't have as good an eye as I would like sometimes I might pick not quite the right tone of color shade (laughs) me and my uh, graphic designer have lots of uh, conversations about that but a lot of the content is all me um, Mm -hmm. and I love being involved in that and I do all the engagement as well so I don't do the graphics but I do the engagement and that for me is important because it is me and I love it as well yeah so Riz what advice would you give to someone who wants to do law differently I would say don't be afraid go for it there's nothing um, to stop you uh, from setting up your own business even more so now online with all the tech that's available you can easily start up your own law firm but before you do the only thing I would say is do your research 
do your due diligence to make sure you know where your passion lies. You have to love what you do and don't try to fix problems for everyone. Think about who your ideal client would be. What kind of work do you really, really love and what, you know, really makes you happy and understand those things as well as part of that journey to going online. And then think about all the systems and processes and make sure you get all those things done because they are actually super, super important, especially when you're starting out and you're on your own and you don't have an executive assistant or a, a assistant or a virtual assistant or you can't afford those things. Systems and processes will save your bacon and some time as well and yeah. stop the overwhelm. And there's lots of now, thankfully, a lot more communities out there that are super helpful and you don't have to look to the law community for that assistance necessarily or that guidance mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. don't think like a lawyer. Think like a business, <laughs> like a business owner. Yeah, I thought that might be yes. coming. I think that's some really, really good advice. And a lot of the people who I speak to on this podcast may not necessarily recognize it in themselves, but they definitely are taking that approach. It's that I'm thinking about this as a business operation, which really I think is what lawyers should have been doing all along, but not what's been happening. But hey, that's okay. We're getting there, right? (laughs) Yes, definitely. Thank you, Rez. I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Not at all. Absolute pleasure. I've uh, really admired your podcast for some time now. So it's um, a privilege to be here today. So thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thanks again for tuning in to Doing Law Differently. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd love you to share it with someone else who you think will love it too. You can find all our past episodes at doinglawdifferently.com.au.